Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Peter Bolden, and today I have a friend and um, on the line, and I was about to say friend and vendor, but that, that wouldn't sound right, but it's a company that I use, and, and Harry Nelson, he's the CEO of Dancero Dental, and um, I've used Harry for a number of years and thought it would be a good idea to have him on the podcast just to bring awareness to the product, you know, and, and Harry and I were talking before I hit kind of record in that I feel like build outs and I've been, I've done a lot of build outs. I feel like build outs can get totally sideways sometimes with their cost and just the expectations of the vendors, uh, the dental suppliers rather in terms of the cabinetry and the chairs and the delivery. And just, it just gets out of control sometimes, especially if you're building at volume or scale. So Harry, Harry and I have had a relationship in that he's helped me do several builds. Um, Harry, you are also uh, a, let's say, I should say another one of my colleagues or fellow podcasters is, always a, is, is all, also a big fan of your services. His name is Mark Costas. I don't know if you know him. I know Mark very well. Yeah, okay. nice gentleman. He's actually supported us through the past couple of years also. Yeah, yeah. So he, he and I just... Uh, you know, we didn't actually collude on that, but it was actually, we both discovered that we were both big fans of, of service and the product that you guys deliver. Give me a little background on how to like, talk to me about Dancero. I know, uh, is it a family business? Your father and you started, is that, is that accurate? Something like that? That's, that's relatively accurate. Dancero started in 1964 with a gentleman named Joe Dancero and he developed the product line and passed away unfortunately in 1987. My father and myself were actually building dental offices at the time and turnkey him to dentists using the Danzaro equipment. I hold the general contractor's license, so I've got a lot of experience in design and construction of the offices. And that comes into play with, with the Danzaro equipment when doctors are asking some advice in either space planning and so forth. Um, and then from that point on, we actually just developed the Danzaro line. A lot of it is based upon simplicity realizing that if it's a simple functioning product, it's going to give the doctors longevity and trouble-free use for, for quite a long time. And in uh, 2006, we actually introduced our 10-year warranty on the product. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all the parts that we think that should really go 10 years plus. So the doctor now realizes not only the value of the product, buying it directly from the factory, but now he's got the factory support for that 10 years uh, in, in you know, um, helping with the return on investment. Yeah, that was a, a warm and fuzzy for me, I have to say, is your 10-year warranty. And um, did you pick up on that from like Kia? Because that's when there's, there's, they give that warranty and that's when their sales, I'm not making a joke, actually, that's when their yeah. sales like skyrocketed is when they, you know, when they really stood behind their product with a 10-year like bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty or something. I think it was Kia or maybe Hyundai, but regardless, yeah. the concept yeah, is the same. It gives us a warm, a warm fuzzy. Um, so, sorry, I kind of interjected there but in, yeah. in your whole story, but I, did, I do think that is important to point out um, because your chairs are built like brick houses and they are solid, solid, solid as they all get out and they last. And I think that's where we as a lot of con uh, dentists have been a little bit brainwashed by um, some of the brands that are out there that if you don't have these brands in your office, then you are compromising. And I can attest that that is not the case. Not the case. Well, if, 
Yeah, if you understand the, the from the manufacturing standpoint, which you as a as a person who's been using our product for memories kind of understand the simplicity of it, but also a lot of the a lot of the products are used similarly through through the dental lines. We mm-hmm. all use same tubing manufacturers. We all use the micro valve same manufacturers. So the actual integral parts of the delivery systems, okay, are all the same in reference to the parts being used. But what we're doing, we've taken it down a step to make it very simple so that the dentist, if he chooses, wants to change a, a valve, he or she can't. Or if the service technician, we do a lot of video conferencing if somebody needs any kind of mm-hmm. technical support so that they don't have to bring somebody in Okay. Sometimes it's not an economic issue as much as I need this part fixed right now that they can actually do it themselves. So the whole line has been developed on that. Um, the, in reference to the 10-year warranty, yes, absolutely. I plucked that away from Hyundai because um, I recognize what they're probably oh, really? okay. over, over a 10 or 15-year period by offering that. And when we started doing our background search on our warrantied items, we found out that our failure rate was exponentially low. Yeah. Okay to motors and wiring harnesses and, and micro valves and auto blocks and things like this that are costly to repair. And if they're made properly and developed properly, then they really should go that 10 years plus. Yeah. So you, you kind of reverse engineered your warranty and said, well, let's see how many we have and then we can offer it in kind of response because it's not going to crush us. It's actually going to be a unique selling proposition for us. Yeah, it worked out very well for us. We did see a big jump in sales That's because, cool. like you said, it gives you, I mean, uh, as a consumer myself, I would look at something and say, if somebody who's been in business 50 years, like Danzaro has, okay, is willing to say, we're going to put our reputation on the line that I'm going to give you something at a good value that's going to go 10 years, um, then I'm, I'm going to go with that company. And we found a lot of doctors like that. Yeah, so I, I 100% agree with that. I think that, that we would. What? One thing I want to make sure, Ari, is, is that I bring a lot of people on who obviously could have a hidden agenda. I've known you and you know, I know you're not here to just put a pamphlet out of your, of your yeah. company. I want to give value to the listener in terms of, of your expertise, irregardless of you know, if they become a client of yours or a, a customer of yours, right? Yes. So what are some things, and, and we, I, I like the term the value engineering because I think that, like I said earlier, like just everything gets crazy. You put the term dental attached to it and all of a sudden it's 10 times more than it should be. It seems like, you know, that's being a little, little dramatic, but you know, the cabinetry and just the chair, like some of these, some of these operatories, like, holy smokes, you know, it just gets, gets crazy. And so you, you, you reach a point of diminishing returns, even though you've spent, you know, four times as much as you should have on an operatory. And if that's, if that's what you're, you know, to some dentists, I have to say, like, I know some of these guys who have these operatories and it's like, it's their sports car, so to speak, like, and they, they know they overpaid or they know that, and they don't care because they're proud. And that's where they spend the bulk of their life in that the bulk of their life, bulk of their working life in that, in that operatory, in that 10 by 10 room. And so they're okay with the fact knowing, but they have the, you know, a Ferrari that they get to play around with every day for, for whatever, you know, do you, you kind of understand what I'm saying on that? Oh. Like. Yeah, absolutely. We, the way we look at it is we look at the at dentistry in reference to well, Toyota. They've got the Lexus, they've got, a, they've got the Toyota, and they've got the Scion. And the doctor needs to fit his practice and, mm-hmm. and patients into those particular categories. You know, if, if he looks at a, at, a, at, a, at a Lexus and says, this is where I want to be. I want the electric seats and the heated seats and all this sort of stuff because that's, that's where my comfort zone is. Then we're not necessarily the, for them. 
Okay, we, we understand that. And then we look at a doctor that's looking at a Toyota and the Scion and stuff like this. And we put ourselves in the, in the Toyota Scion area in mm -hmm. reference to what the doctor's looking for. We've always thought that if our product was, was in, the, in, the, in the practice, they're going to be very happy with it. We offer some, some value in reference to we have memory foam cushions. We have a lot of the things that the high-end products do, but we a la carte those. Right. The doctor can actually put those in there if they find the practice is, is a value to that. Um, yeah, I like how y'all do that. You let you let the end consumer choose kind of how fancy you want to be. You know, like the the memory foam and like you know mine. You guys, we have the the chairs go up much higher in the surgical aspect because I wanted chairs that I could stand and do dentistry. So you guys allow like you to kind of customize it as opposed to like, well, here's the Lexus, buy it or not. Like you know, we don't care. And I have to yeah. say, in a couple of my office, in a couple of my offices, I have the Lexus and stuff. And I, I, I don't want to sit there and say I can't tell a difference because I obviously can tell the difference in branding. But I, I literally sit in those chairs all the time. I'm like, man, I really can't tell a difference. Yeah, we and, do get a lot of compliments on on one of our particular product line, the Infinity Chair, because of yeah. the memory foam. And like I said, not to like you say pamphlet it out and that sort of stuff. But we try to look at what the Lexus is doing and we try to put that within availability to our doc to the doctors and let's say let them a la carte it if that's great for them put it in there put it in as a value so you still have that feel for the patient that they're in a nice comfortable chair and again still managing the reliability aspects of it which is, is to me much more key from a business standpoint is re reliability um, you don't want to walk into your business, whether it be a dental office or a manufacturing facility, and and not having something perform to its to what it's supposed to be. Well, finicky and, equipment. That's the last yeah. thing we want, right? It, it really is. It really is. And and again, you know, we we look at um, our warranty items. Okay, anything you make of a mechanical nature, we all know is going to something could prematurely fail. We're the first ones to admit it. But our our procedures for backing that premature failure up is exemplary. We we don't question things. We automatically send the part out, get the part back, do an evaluation, write a report on it, and find out. And then we do a, a, a data search to find out if those parts have a history of it. And then we'll either change a vendor or change, change a particular product on that. So, again, trying to keep that reliability as a key focus on our product. Okay. So, so you mentioned the fact that you are a dental contractor or, or was back in the day. Yes, sir. Um, but obviously, you don't do that anymore because you're full-time running the company. Um, how, how big of a company is it, by the way? I mean, how many, like, how many employees do you have? We have 45 employees. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's still, you are still considered a family, family business then, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah. So give some, so of all the people that you've kind of helped and you've helped engineer their product and, you know, because you're doing it remotely a lot of times, like you're not doing it, um, you know, the benefit of the, of the supplier, I should say this, the, the rep, that we have local is they can sometimes be on site. And so what are some of the things that you've learned and that not being a detriment to your business, obviously is, is the, 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 the proximity, you know, because you're not, you're not doing it close by, like I was saying. So yeah. what are the, some of the things that you've learned and grinding through some of the construction process with all these, with all these uh, dentists, you know, what are some things that you could give some, some big takeaways to some of our dentists, either looking to expand, renovate, or, build out. Yeah. I've, I've always looked at things in a reference to, to overhead. I always try the doctors to say, you know, keep your overhead as low, as low as you possibly can, because that's something that's very ongoing. Okay. Keep, keep the designs as simple as you can and keep some continuity with the designs. If you're going to be expanding, if 
your rooms are designed a specific way and that is working for you and your staff, then continue with that particular model. If it's a 12 o'clock system or an over-the-page system, you know, there's little things you can add because obviously there's new things that are trending in reference to, you know, uh, um, you know, monitors on the chairs, monitors on the ceiling, subfloor junction boxes and things like this. We have a very, very good document trail that we support the doctors with when they do the construction. Um, and then we also do some video conferencing in with the contractors to do an actual physical walk through the facility when they're doing the plumbing out and so forth. But also, you know, let know we've got about 300 independent service techs that we work with nationwide. Okay. So, so we're doing a, a project down in, down in the Houston area for a doctor. We'll send one of our technicians in and he'll do the walkthrough and report back to us as well. So we do have the availability of the hands-on. Um, and there's been many cases we've actually flown somebody out from our factory to do a walkthrough as well. Um, if we're uncomfortable with what we're seeing. Oh, wow. I didn't, you know, Harry, I'm glad I didn't know that service was available. I would have put someone on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> We actually were talking about it at one time with your facility. I said, why don't we just send somebody out there and do a walkthrough with Dr. I think that was the last build, yes. Um, yeah, smooth okay. some of the edges out is all it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cool. So, so tell me a little bit about, um, about again, some of the, the value engineering. So you, obviously we talk about the fact that the, the overhead, and you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, are there some other things that you've, that you've recognized that, that maybe – we as dentists make mistakes in the process of building? Like, is there something that you see all the time that you're like, gosh, like it's just doesn't have to be like that. One of the things that I see that I think sometimes they spend a lot of money on it. I think if they really made some good choices is cabinetry. I mm -hmm. look at the, the amount of cabinetry sometimes in the rooms and I think a little more space planning when they're looking at an operatory, okay, to say, okay, what am I going to put in this room and let me put in there what I need. Let's not overdo it um, because, you know, you can always add cabinets at a, at a later date when you find things out. But I find a lot of things with, with cabinetries and things like this. I like a nice, simple, clean operatory in the back work area. Um, you know, vacuums, compressors, you know, that sort of stuff. Sometimes I'll see where somebody's been pitched a, a larger compressor uh, on the premise that, well, you're going to need it sometime in the future when mm -hmm. the realities are the, the smaller compressor, which has got, you know, plenty of, plenty of air for you, okay, is used. Um, I see shortcomings on vacuum systems more so than, than we really okay. should. So an uh, over, over, an over, uh, overqualified, Compressor and underqualified yes. vacuum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, From an, yeah. From an engineering standpoint, always keep in mind that an air compressor is never going to run out of air, but a vacuum will run out of vacuum. Yep. I would. Okay. I would agree just, with that. Yep. So, and that's just your your personal experience, I'm sure, as well. Yes, it is. You can all because you can always over the years. It seems like the suction always gets whatever you know. And yeah. and honestly, I've learned so even in this build, like you learn so much, and like you know, obviously, you know, I'm building right now, but you learn so in each and every build, you just learn a little bit more. And for instance, like you know, some of my turns in my vacuum in my last office were done at 90 degrees or or almost 90 degrees, right? And like you know, I should have known better and I should have looked at that. And like now I've obviously identified like 45s and all these like clean out valves like we did with this new build 
you know, all this stuff just helps. Like, and that wasn't implemented. And I didn't know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what we do is, is, is we ask the doctors when we're working with them for them to send us the blueprints. Mm-hmm. So we'll get a PDF of the blueprints and I'll look through with my, with my experience and say, okay, you're, you're missing it here. This should be a larger size. This mm-hmm. needs downsize. No, you've got a 90. Let's put an eight bend in there. They don't have the proper pitch, you know, things like this. Uh, I find more stakes on vacuum systems than I do just about anything in a dental office. To be oh, honest wow. With you. Yeah. So not to, not to jump around, but I want to go back to actually something you mentioned about the cabinets, because I do think that is important in that you were saying how you like the clean design. And I can say from an end user standpoint, if you build the cabinets, number one, it, it does make the room a little more claustrophobic and you have to account for that. But, it, but a lot of dentists will laugh when I say this, but if we give all these cabinets, guess what? It just gets filled with stuff and then that stuff gets expired and like no one knows where it is. And it's like, you know, it's like that old adage, like you have the space and you're going to fill it. Right. And so almost less is more in this, in this context of, um, of the cabinetry. And I do see that being a huge overspend and gosh, dang dental cabinetry is expensive, expensive. And I don't know why it's no different than any other cabinetry, but I mean, they say it has more, you know, durability and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't use, I don't use dental cabinetry because I don't, number one, I don't like the way it looks. And number two, I, I've never been let down with my, the choices that I've made. So, um, and I, and I, and I am with the less is more kind of, I don't have, I don't have a cabinetry on the sides of my operatories. So I think we're, we're saying the same things. What um, you said, so the biggest problems going now, jumping back again, you said the biggest issues you you find are with the vacuum. What, what is it per se? Just them being undersized and then being engineered wrong, them being uh, like, yeah. yeah. I would, I would say engineered wrong, to be honest okay. with you. I would say that's one of the big, biggest focuses because people don't understand the flow of vacuum. They don't understand what's going through there, but they also don't understand the longevity that you need. You know, when you've got 10 years of vacuum at, you know, 40 or 50 hours a week, eight operatories moving through there, you're going to get some hangups in there. Right. And it's always going to diminish the vacuum. You can put the best vacuum system, you know, manufactured vacuum, dry vacuum system in an office. If you've got bad vacuum, lines, it's not going to do any good. You're going to have problems. And the eventuality is you'll have problems even more down the line. So I would tell most doctors to be very cautious about the engineering of the vacuum lines. Airlines are airlines. You can run them any way you want because yep. it's a pressurized vessel. So that's really not so much. But the vacuum system, I see more doctors, I hear more doctors having problems with vacuum um, either almost immediately or years down the line. You know, it's funny, you mentioned the problems down the line. You know, I, with this new office, I ran a redundant, lo- a whole redundant line of, of vacuum. And like, that's not been done in any of my offices prior. And literally for the cost of PVC, I think it added like 500 bucks maybe to the yeah. total build. And like, why isn't that spoken about more? You know, because things can happen, either, either a fracture in the line or like you said, a sediment can build up or something can happen. But why, why aren't redundant lines talked about more? You know, I, I, I truly don't know. When I was building offices, I did a, a fair amount of redundancy. Okay, I would do redundant lines, in, especially in certain lengths and things like this. Um, you know, never did on an airline uh, because I always felt there was a way to get around if there was a broken airline. You could, because again, you don't have to worry about. Yeah, you can go up and down with air. I mean, yeah, I can go down yeah. a wall and you can do whatever you want yeah. with air. Yeah, but I did on many occasions and uh, did run redundant lines. Um, and I have mentioned it to doctors over the years also. But so I'm glad you did that because you're right, for $500 worth of PVC, if you never use it, you're really not out much. Right. But if it's yeah, available, it, yeah. 
Yeah. And just removing that anxiety of, oh man, what, what, what could happen if, you know, I get a fracture or the cement was poured wrong or whatever. Um, yeah. So I didn't, you know, I don't want to turn this into a vacuum and, you know, chair, but I, I wanted to get you on because I know you have a wealth of knowledge and things that you've seen in hopes that you can help um, prevent heartache for some of the listeners down the way. And number two, to expose, you know, the listenership to a quality product who, like I said, Mark and I have both been, been fans of in the past. Is there anything else there that you've seen as, as tips or tricks or, or things in the construction process or, um, you know, just, I don't know, any, anything, that, anything that you see that could be a value to, to either young aspiring dentists or, you know, even some of us older guys? Yeah. I, the only thing that I see that I find, um, you know, that's a little outside the, the, the dental construct. I always worry about doctors when they get involved with a contractor that's not licensed, not properly qualified and things like this. So I always tell the young, the young guys, listen, do your due diligence with this person that you're going to basically put your livelihood with, you know, go to the local uh, consumer affairs cons- you know, board since like in California, we have that where you can actually check on their licenses, make sure that they've got the proper workers comp and liability insurances when you sign with them things like this and one thing you can always control is be very cautious about change orders uh, change mm-hmm. orders can actually bury a facility not only time-wise but economically be really sure what kind of flooring be really sure the color on the cabinets and how many be very confident uh, and make sure you've got so many outlets in the rooms and things like this don't yep. do any shortcomings um, but just be really careful about who you're trusting your livelihood with because you know it can it can be a nightmare if you get the wrong person yeah, I, I can, I can agree with that. that I am very, uh, I think that is my pet peeve is, is change orders. So I make sure to kind of do visual walkthroughs and really spend a lot of time in the space and make notes about stuff that I would have done differently in some of my previous spaces, because you're right. Like change orders can, can double the construction costs. If you don't get it, it depends on where you catch them, but they can be double. Um, you know, they can be catastrophic to a build for sure. And absolutely. Yeah. So that is, that is, that is good advice. Well, buddy, I appreciate your time. I really do. And um, I'm going to put some of this stuff in the show notes, um, put your website on there. And obviously um, hopefully we can connect you guys. Hopefully we can connect you with some dentists looking for some value engineered products. And um, I appreciate your time on the podcast, buddy. All right. Always good to speak to you, Dr. Bolton. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.